hope that you've got a beer in your hand because it's that time again. It's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I'm the gnarly gnome. Um, I don't actually think people typically have a beer in their hand when they listen to the show. They're probably like on the way to work or at work or something like that. Um, if you're at how, work, how is that an excuse? Yeah, I, I mean, I drink beer at work all the time. Yeah, <laughs> every day. <laughs> if I guess if you're at work, go grab a beer and uh, we'll hit pause. Go grab a beer, then come back. And uh, if your boss says anything, just uh, tell him 50 West said it was okay. Have him call the drunk line. That's right. Call call the drunk line 567-70-DRINK. I haven't been getting any calls lately. Maybe that's not actually the number. (laughs) Can we get a fact check on that? It's very, uh, very typical for the way I do things on this show. I'm just giving out the wrong number for three weeks or something. Uh, we are, as I said, we're at 50 West with uh, Max and Dell. We have kind of a lot to talk about. When we first started talking about the show, I started talking to Dell about booking it because you were doing a thing, which we're going to talk about. And then in the meantime, since then, you guys made the announcement that you're opening a third location. Um, the first brewery in Cincinnati would have three locations, right? Yes. Unless you count Sam Adams, but... Um, most people typically don't for some reason, but um, first Cincinnati born brewery to have three locations. We'll put it that way. Um, number one, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thanks. Go ahead and uh, say hi to the people so they can hear your voice. What's up? Max and Dell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone's sick of hearing my voice by now. I've <laughs> been hearing Never. you and seeing Never you a lot Dell. lately. Yeah, it's like my face is everywhere. <laughs> and then back again for uh, co-hosting, Andy Foltz. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, we'll just we'll start with you, Dell. You decided for some reason that you were going to go on a beer fast, and that's not a fast from beer. That is a fast from everything except for beer, water, uh, black coffee, yep. uh, unsweetened tea. Is that right? Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, all calories. I, what I decided, I, I made the rules, right? So it was like whatever I want to do. But you know, all of the all of the not is fun stuff. Exactly right. <laughs> So it actually, so it, it came about in a little bit of a weird way just because most people don't think of beer as being healthy or being part of a healthy lifestyle, right? But at 50 West, like our culture is an active lifestyle, right? We have the volleyball courts, we have the canoe and kayak livery, we have the bicycle shop. We do training groups like, you know, hey, it's a big weekend for us, right? Because we've been training like 70 people for the flying pig. So that's coming up this weekend, which we need to talk about the 50 West Mile as well, which is on Friday night. But so it, you know, when you think about it in that context that I work for this brewery that has such a healthy lifestyle, then it kind of makes sense. So, um, you know, a lot of people know that I was a distributor for years and I sold, you know, a lot of different brands in um, Southwest Ohio. When I came on at 50 West, it was a big change for me. So coming from a distributor, having kind of a set schedule every day to being the director of sales of a, of a brewery on that. So we call that a supplier. Um, and having one that has such a delicious restaurant uh, as we do here at 50 West, I found myself putting on weight. So, you know, for being a healthy, like active lifestyle brewery, I was going the other way and I was whining and dining. I was smoothing people. I was coming, you know, doing tours here at the brewery and doing lots of of eating and, you know, packing on the weight. And I was like kind of spiraling because it was like I'm putting on weight. I'm feeling bad because I don't feel like I'm representing the brand very well. And I have, you know, our founder, like Bobby Slattery, who's like the (laughs) epitome of health. And, you know, he's he's on a daily basis making the correct choices and and working out and and eating properly. And it was, you know, and I was going the other way and I was feeling really bad about that. 
And I kept thinking, like, what am I going to do to to kind of, you know, get back in my healthy eating ways and get back, you know. The one thing I knew I wasn't going to do was going to uh, omit beer, right? Right. Beer is my passion in life. It's the reason I work in the beer industry. It's um, I, I hate that people vilify beer so much and, and give it a bad rap. So that one thing I wasn't going to do was, was going to, you know, omit beer. So I, I thought, like, you know, how do I I, – I, I did this for years. I, I included beer – in a, in a part of a, a healthy lifestyle, and I, I lost a lot of weight back in the day, and I figured, like, how am I going to get back into that? And that's when the whole fasting protocol that I used to do, like intermittent fasting on, a, on like, a weekly basis and, like, a daily basis, I decided to integrate that with the story of Doppelbach and where Doppelbach, the, you know, the genesis of that came from, and, and, and do it and Lent. So I decided to do this about six, seven months ago, uh, so I was, you know, preparing myself and, and getting ready to do that. And, uh, and that's how, that's how it all started. How much research went into like what beer you were going to be drinking or was it just whatever sounded good at that time? So, I mean, you know, the, the, the Doppelbach thing, you know, I think that's some right. of the, the shit that I read that people were yeah. giving me online was just, well, he's not drinking Doppelbach. You know, it's, that's, it has nothing to do with Lent anymore. And it's right. And I didn't do it for Lent for religious purposes. I'm not religious. Like I'm not religious. Right. I'm, you know, so so I wasn't really doing it. It was just an opportune time to do that. Um, was to take that that you know period of time. That's when like back when we were hunter gatherers and you were were coming out of the I winter. Was never hunter gatherer. We haven't been, but you know <laughs> our ancestors. Our, <laughs> our ancestors did. And coming out of those like harsh winter months when they first started to eat again. So that was the, kind of the end of their their fast. So. That's why kind of uh, all religions have some sort of like a spring right. fast. Uh, it has nothing to do necessarily with, with religion. But as far as when you would come in and you know have your first beer of the day at lunchtime or whatever, yeah. was the decision made just on what beer sounded good that day, or was it based on some kind of calorie count nope. kind of thing? So uh, I'm Wait, a firm believer in you fasting. You did not have a breakfast beer. No, not, some days I did. I mean, I'm so you know, when when we were out at CBC at the Craft Brewers Conference in yeah. Denver, you know, you would start drinking it at like nine, ten a.m. Sure. But on a, on a this normal makes sense day, to me. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but on a normal on a normal day to day basis, I was you know having my first beer at twelve thirty or one but that was a, for a choice I mean obviously if I wanted one I could have one I'm not a big breakfast person anyway so I, okay. I don't reach, all right, for, all right. Now I don't reach for food in the morning so go. I'm that not going to reach right. reach for a beer you know well, and what I love the most about the whole idea is what you talked about that you know how beer gets vilified and how you know when people talk about beer drinkers the stereotype is the beer belly and yada da 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 and you know there's a, a lot of proof that that's not actually right beer that's doing that <laughs> right so, all of the other crap so that I'm you're a, eating i'm a big believer in fasting in general right so like um i did a lot of water fast in, in the past and it's helped me maintain a healthy weight so you know the body's an amazing uh tool an amazing machine it's not going to sacrifice any muscle any of your organs anything as long as you have body fat on you right so i could have done this at my body fat level i could have done this on water and survived but I couldn't have been able to do my job because mm-hmm. I'd sell beer for a living. So I needed to make sure I included beer. But there's many documented cases of people that have water fasted. The longest water fast in history was 383 days. That's crazy. The guy was over 400 pounds, got down to 180. Wow. For the rest of his life, he never went over 190 again using fasting. So I knew like I didn't really need the calorie content. I knew that my body would provide that through my mm-hmm. body fat. 
but it was one of those things to keep myself sane, to keep me, yeah. you know, interested and to keep, you know, uh, kind of entertained. And then also to do my job, I included beer. Is this something that you're going to ever do again? Uh, if you ever get that urge to, to do a longer term fast, is it? I, I may do like a week at a time here or there, like kind of maintenance kind of thing. I don't think I will do it again like next Lent. I hope that I don't have enough body fat on me right. in order to do it next <laughs> Lent. Uh, but you never, you know, I mean, you never know. Like, uh, you know, life happens. So who knows where, you know, I don't want to talk Just, about next year because people keep throwing sure. all, all kinds of crazy ideas at me. They're like, you know, you need to do this next year, do this next year. And like, they, they think it's going to be like the next like ice bucket challenge. And, so, and how is your response not, go ahead, you do it? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I mean, like, I, I've told a ton of people, like, you know, like, I'm uniquely positioned to do this. Right. You know, yeah. um, who I am and where I am. If you want to give it a whirl, go for it. Like, yeah. knock yourself out. Just make sure you stay hydrated because that's going to be the biggest thing. Well, and there's there's not a lot of people's employers who would be as as understanding and welcoming of the idea as yours. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly, I mean, right? Well, beyond that, I just, I missed the memo for the website, what should Dell do for Lent.com. Yeah. I mean, what the hell, people? People, do it yourself. Yeah. And then, and then, so next year, like people think this is going to be like an ice bucket challenge thing. Like a ton of people are going to do this next year. Yeah. And they want me to lead them. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> lead us, oh great one. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I want to do this again. Like, uh, you know, let me, let me, let me think about that next next year. Right now, let me just enjoy that I actually did it. I didn't die. I lost some weight and got a lot of attention. But you did document everything. You've got lots of video. Yep. Uh, there will be something put together at some point. Yep. Um, possibly in time for next. Oh, absolutely. I would imagine. I mean, like I took, uh, so starting at Bachfest, I started filming. So I carried a camera with me every day of my life, filmed a ton of footage. What I put on my YouTube channel was just a small blurb. Right. I have hours and hours of footage, kind of like supersize me, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I did the exact same thing except with my beer fast. So starting with my doctor and, and Bachfest and just every day of my life, you know, these guys, you know, Max and Bobby, they like, you know, would tease me all the time when we would go to like events, you know, even in like Chillicothe and I'd have my, have my camera with me, you know, and I'm filming like everything we do. I uh, I heard a rumor that when you guys were out for Craft Brewers Conference, Bobby would go into a bar before you, kind of hang out for a minute and say, oh, did you guys hear about that guy from Ohio? I was seeing it on the news. And then when you would walk, oh my God, there he is. <laughs> Wait, are you joking so, about that? So or know, did you actually hear I've that? I've actually heard that. All right. So we we totally took Dell on tour when we were at CDC. <laughs> like we, it wasn't that pre-planned, but we, uh, we did have one event where it was Meet Dell Night at... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Zuni Street. Zuni Street Brewing Company. Yeah, they, they hosted Dell. Uh, we had a couple handles on. And we, so Bobby and I think it's hilarious just to go up to people and be like, meet the famous Dell. And, and we'll, we would like start a conversation with somebody and be like, oh, you know this guy. Trust me, you've meet heard about him. Man from Ohio. Yeah, right. And, uh, but no, we, we didn't do any location scouting for him other than the one event. Uh, and, and the event was awesome. Dude, people, everybody's heard about this, especially right. everyone in beer. So when we were at CBC, uh, everyone wanted to talk to Dell, especially after they they figured out who he was. They were they were like, "Oh, you're yeah. that guy!" Like, and it's the fi- it's the same like five questions. Yeah. Like, oh, do you get drunk every day? Yeah. How many right. beers How many a day do you drink? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was at Trader Joe's yesterday, and like two different people stopped me. Yeah. Like, hey, are you that guy? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's me. You know. So your diet is back to normal now. Yeah. Well, back to some semblance of normalcy now. Yeah. Um, how long was that transition period? About was a week. Just- so I, I waited a, like a week to eat meat. So I went from like, you know, bone broth and guacamole, steamed vegetable soup uh, to salads. And then um, I had some fish and then went into, you know, 
I think I, that would be the harder part for me, mm-hmm. not the, well, I mean, not the, the, the fast itself isn't hard, but that transition back that you can't just jump back into it. Like, like oh, I'm done. Yeah. Right. Well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's too, like, um, you know, I, I gave myself like bariatric surgery with, with willpower. So like my stomach's a lot smaller. So like I, I made this, like, I was like, all right. So I got together with all my bourbon buddies and we like, you know, we were going to have a, have a few, uh, uh, taste of bourbon and you know grill ribeyes and so I made this like what a you know, normal size like 16 ounce ribeye and literally I could eat half of it <laughs> so. did um like what about like gum sensitivity and things like that did you get any no. kind of oh, no like everything like literally I don't know if maybe I'm just like my constitution and everything is just really good but ev- snapped into shape Everything's fine. All functions were where they should be. Like, you know, everything's good. I mean, it's it's uh, pretty remarkable. I didn't have any kind of like any kind of indigestion or or um, heartburn or anything else. I mean, it was, everything was good. The human body is, is pretty incredible when, yeah. you, when you really break it down. And, and, you know, granted our ancestors, you know, you did go periods without eating. Like our body was at one time built for that type of a lifestyle. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, and I uh, I'm glad that you did it. Can you imagine if you made it halfway through, like I can't do it anymore after all of that press that was happening? And well, I mean that's part Ohio of, man fails. Part of, that's part of my motivation. I mean, like literally, like after like the first week, and like I had already done like thirty or forty interviews by the first week, yeah. and it was just like. Yeah, I can't be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy that's like, right. oh, he failed. He <laughs> sucks. That guy's horrible. There, there was never a doubt in my mind you'd make it. Honestly, that's, I'm glad you had that faith. Well. I, but just knowing you the way I do, I mean, you're not you're not going to go into something half-assed. I mean, I, I just knew that, you know, when just because I've seen events you've put together and things like that, that I'm like, nah, he, he's prepared. Yeah, and I did. For, I mean, that's a lot, a lot of people didn't know, like, how much, that, like, information yeah. I knew about fasting well, and things right, like and, that. And I think that's something that didn't necessarily come across in a lot of the, in some of the national type interviews, is that this is like some kind of lark that you just oh. decided the night before you were going to do this. And I'm like, nah, 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 that yep. didn't right. It was, right. you know, it's, it's always the headline, you know, get the, get the headline, the headline, the headline. And yeah. know, people don't really, uh, well, and you know, this was about, you know, beer education. It was about kind of like doing myth busting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've all heard that if you're in, you know, anywhere related to beer, you've heard that story about Doppelbox and about the monks not eating for, you know, the whole period of Lent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, could I, could I do that or not? You know, so I mean, it was, you know, it was very well thought out. And there were a lot of, you know, um, just information out there about, you know, fasting in general and about, you know, the history of everything. And it was, it was about, you know, that and about craft beer. And it was about, you know, I wanted to use, you know, the, the platform to raise awareness about, you know, beer as a healthy lifestyle alternative, uh, the history of beer here in Cincinnati, you know, all those kind of things. You know, the last thing I wanted was, you know, like all the attention was about weight loss. Right. Like everything that everyone said was like, he lost so much weight. It's, this is the beer diet. You know, they're like, this is the beer diet. This guy invented the beer diet. And it's like, it's not the diet. Like it wasn't yeah. about like, again, it goes, lo- it goes to those, those headlines, the things well, that yeah. people are searching for online and the th- it's, it's becomes what people, well, and it's just like anything else. If you go on a beer fast and you decide you're going to drink eight, 10 beers a day, you ain't going to lose any weight. Exactly. I mean, you still have to monitor that and be meticulous and be conscious of what you're doing. And, so right. yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be really careful next year on the bourbon diet. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might sign up for that one. <laughs> There's probably not very many calories in bourbon at all. I'm sure, no. like the alcohol itself, somehow, like 
turns into some kind of calorie. But um, well, since we're talking about beer, let's drink some beer. We uh, from the beer fridge have to do that because that's why we podcast. <laughs> um, I grabbed. It's starting to feel a little bit like spring outside, and um, I'm drinking a strawberry guava sour. Um, what can you guys tell me about this beer? Ooh, that's what I'm drinking too. It's uh, it's delicious. It is really good. Uh, we started playing more with sours once uh, Ryan Hayes came on board. Uh, so he came with Scott from Blank Slate um, when that whole transition happened. And Ryan is awesome. I don't know if you... Like, we should get Ryan on this podcast. Go uh, get him. I, I My phone's dead. Someone should text Ryan, though. Um, <laughs> Ryan's an awesome dude. Um, knows a ton about beer. Really good at New England IPA and sour beer. Um, he's good at all kinds of stuff, but, uh, on the pub side, we just get to play around a little bit more. He's mm-hmm. our, just for everybody else. He's our lead pub brewer and, uh, man, he really knows this style up and down. Uh, he's made a bunch of really good ones. Um, he, he's played with guava a little bit. Uh, the tropical fruit in it adds like a nice complexity. You know, it, guava is an interesting fruit. It's got a lot of complexity to it. It's got mm-hmm. kind of like the dankness and the, I almost call it, I call it fruit and feet sometimes. It, it's like, yeah, it's that's got a good that way like, to describe it. Yeah. It's got like that deep, um, tropical flavor. And then the strawberry keeps it real bright and familiar. Um, and then he, he knows how to get a really nice sour quality in beer. Um, we're not kettle souring beers. So he puts it <laughs> in a fermenter with bugs um, and then lets it do its thing, um, and then he'll supplement with uh, domesticated yeast as well, um, and then get it to where we want it to be. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's still quick sour, um, but but it's real sour, and so you get like a nice complexity with it. Um, so all of our sours are awesome. We have two on tap right now, mm-hmm. um, and I think like the goal is to always keep one or two on. So like when we look at the taps over here, there's 24 taps. Two of them are nitro. And then the rest we basically get to play with and we want a spectrum on there, right? So like I want like badass dry West Coast IPA. I want like super milked up uh, New England. I want like a brown ale. I want a stout. I want to, you know, we, we want light beer. We want fruit beer. We want, so yeah, one of those lines that, like is going to stay sour. And uh, I'm really confident in the kind of beer that he's putting out. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating to me than having like some kind of a, a hankering for a certain type of beer and walking into a brewery and like, oh, crap. You know, there's nothing even close to that. It's, you know, all a bunch of IPAs or a whole bunch of stouts or whatever it may be. Sure. And like that, that's frustrating as a drinker. It's like, granted, we're in Cincinnati. You can just hop in your car and go down to the next place and they'll probably have it there. But you don't want people to necessarily do that I mean, it, it, it speaks well. a little bit to the testament of like how old we are look we're one of the older breweries in cincinnati which is like not saying much but like the the <laughs> the the median age of a brewery according to the brewers association for right like in the u.s right now is four years old and we're, we're going on seven um so it, it's like it, it's us maturing as a, as brewery and, and being able to like know what the customer wants and meet them there at the bar with those offerings. So like, I mean, we even have like a seller program. You can, you can go up to the bar and buy seller aged beer by the bottle for on premise. You can buy 2017, 10 and two, you can buy our farmhouse beers. You can buy, I and mean, there's a whole list. Wait, you can buy so ghost imaging. Brett is my co-pilot up there in bottles. Yes, we do. Co-pilot is like available for on-site consumption. That's awesome. Here. 
That, yeah. But that that hurts because I here I'm thinking I've got the whole store for the city <laughs> of 2017. Brett is my co-pilot, and I've been telling people that for a year, Max. Dude, they, they, that beer is so like, cool. You, and like, you know how many I bought. You I were know. here. <laughs> <laughs> that beer is awesome. It, it, every single version of co-pilot has been like its own unique yes. beer. It's, it's got its own unique character. And uh, it was funny. Uh, I think, it was, was it 14? It was 14 or 15. The first iteration was like, all like lemon peel and tart. The second one was like funky Saison. Mm-hmm. The third one was like, oh, it almost tasted like we blended the yes. first two. Um, yes. I think that's what we've done. I think yeah, it's just three. The three. Um, and uh, I don't know how much of a desire these guys have now to continue that series. We've definitely got like brands that have built equity over time that like we definitely want to continue. Like mm-hmm. obviously 10 and 2 with like as much right. uh, recognition has, uh, uh, behind that beer as, as it's garnered. Um, we are obviously continuing that. Yeah, I taste, I t- yeah, Imogene will yeah. be continuing uh, made, and same with uh, DVS. Yeah, DVS gets a lot of good response. So we we taste tested, I taste tested DVS, Imogene, and Ten and Two. Um, so our barrels are stored across the street, um, not at ProWorks, but like in uh, right. another building, one of the other smattering of buildings yeah. that you guys have in the camps. <laughs> Yeah, ten and two is nine months old at this point. I still think it needs a little bit more time. I think that that this batch is going to be more like we've pulled it as early as six months when it's tasting right. But I think um, it's on point, like it's going the right direction. But I think it, 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 that'll look more like a year aged beer. Um, and then DVS is at like four months, and it already tastes amazing. Can I say fuck on this show? Yes, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, it, it tastes fucking amazing, and uh, yeah, I we, we fucking encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so so that might look like more like a six or eight month uh, uh, age this time. And, and Imogene was was pretty young, but it was still fun to taste. And that kind of stuff will always, when it gets released, be bottle kind of uh, smaller releases versus the, uh, the 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 seasonal. Um, what is it? The, the the long strange journey. Yeah, let, um, cans. Let, let me break that down just in case anybody has any confusion about that. So we released um, the release calendar on our website, and if anybody wants more information, message us or or just request it, email us, text us, whatever. This is the release calendar from the website, not the one that was on Facebook with Maple 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 Maple. maple, maple. maple. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that one only went out to the Maple Group for the Maple fans. The Maple yeah. Group uh, and Maple Gate. Yeah. Uh, those guys are going to be very disappointed. <laughs> um, but no, the, the actual release counter. So it's, uh, this is the first time, last year was the first time we ever put beer into package, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, officially and put it out in stores. We had 20 or so bottle releases. But um, first time we canned beer and said like, hey, this is the core set of beer from 50 West. So it was three beers originally and then we added punch at punch out and those are our four cores. So heading into this year, it was like, okay, we're going to launch a seasonal brand and then come out with the release calendar and it'll be the first time we have like schedule uh, a beer schedule and so it's the it's the four beers year round and then a rotating seasonal with with four seasonals and then there's the the long strange journey series which is just like for, for the old school craft beer guys that's basically like our bomber series right like it's our specialty beer series um in today's world that looks a lot more like the stickered 16 ounce cans so we were like okay we want a really specialty beer um and we want to have a drop every single month so whether it's a new full-length seasonal or it's um, one of these beers, there's a new beer, packaged beer from 50 West every single month. And then the specialty stuff like 10 and 2, the barrel-aged products, um, the farmhouse series, that those beers are going to come out. I really want to put a release calendar together. We, we have a preliminary one, but like 
the barrel kind of tells you when that beer's done. It's almost impossible with a barrel, though. Yeah, I don't want to throw I mean, it out there and have everybody be like, dude. One of the worst mistakes people make with barrel-aging beer is they say, we want to barrel-age this for X amount of time. And the smartest thing I ever heard about barrel-aging was from uh, Richard. Yeah, Dana Braxton, who said, "Gotta respect everything that guy says." It's ready when it's ready. Yeah, that's right. and that's how a barrel is. You can't, like you said, ones at four months it tastes mm-hmm. great. Ones at nine months it needs a little more. You can't say you're going to release a barrel aged beer on a certain schedule. It, if you do, you're cheating it's yourself. Hard to, to me, especially when you're talking about beers that like the stuff that you have that already has some kind of group of fans around it. People have that an expectation yeah. for what that beer is going to be, what it's going to taste like. It's got, it's got a bar. It's got a meat. I don't know if this gives us credibility, but like last year I vetoed 10 and 2. That's why there was no release. It didn't taste like 10 and 2. I'm like the gatekeeper for 10 and 2. If yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I brewed the first batch and, uh, and we released the first two. One was six months and then one was a year. That's the green and then the blue label right. and the seven fifties. And, uh, now, like, there's, like, a new guard of brewers, and I'm, like, no, ta- no releasing 10 and 2 until I, like, give it my stamp of approval. Um, and the one that's in barrels tastes awesome, but it's, it's just not quite there yet. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's really hard to release that specialty calendar. Yeah. We're, we're definitely going to come out with, with beers, um, specialty barrel-aged beer throughout the year. We've got a ton of stuff that's, that's sour, too, that's going to be released under that farmhouse series i don't know how much of that you guys saw everything all at once and forever and then mm-hmm. uh foot and lighthearted were the first two mm-hmm. we have another one that's already packaged that's been packaged for like i don't know at least two months uh it's called paz worn um it's a dry hop sour uh it needs some time and it needed t- in, at the time it needed time in the in the bottle i i haven't tasted I it i haven't either yet um, I don't know how it's doing now. It's probably good. Like it was, it was great beer. We packaged it and we were like, all right, let that sit for a couple months and then we'll mm-hmm. release it. Um, my idea was to release it alongside 10 and two if we were going to do a spring release, but now 10, 10 and two is probably pushed back to fall. So maybe you'll see it then, but there'll be more of the farmhouse beers too. I, I dug, I, like I, th- I feel like both of those two farmhouse beers that were released kind of flew under the radar way more than very much. Should've. So, so there was a blizzard that day yeah. and we, we had an awesome, uh, event for it so what we did was we were like all right we want you everyone to have like this intimate experience with this beer so it was the first time we held a release and then um created like um group taste tests so if you showed up that day which not very many people did but you got assigned a group and then we called your group you went upstairs and you sat in a room with both of our brewers who went through how they made the beer and then they tasted everybody on it and then you went from there into the purchase room. So if you didn't like one of the beers or you turned out maybe you really liked one of the beers, um, you could buy more or less of, of those brands. And uh, yeah, we I like that format. We didn't mm-hmm. really get to test it because not enough people showed up. So we'll probably do that again for the next one. That's, that's, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, it was cool. Well, right. that's that's what I think has been really fun, especially in the last year or so, watching you guys kind of grow into what 50 West is going to be now and in the future. But um, And the way you guys have handled releases and always trying to find something new. I mean, I guess it started with Punch-Out. Um, finding a new way to throw a beer release and things that you can do around that that, that, that bring people into that experience more than just grabbing beer yeah. off the shelf. I mean, we, we literally have meetings about that, right? Because, you know, we're all, at heart, we're all beer geeks. You know, like, you're looking at two of the biggest ones right here. And, and we sit down and we say, like, all right, this release, how are we going to make it different? Like, how are we going to be, like, cutting edge? How are we going to get the people's interest in this? How can you repeat the worst beer release in Cincinnati? <laughs> how can you repeat that? I have so many opinions on that. But, uh, Dude, <laughs> I, I think what you did with the next release, making fun of that, 
was, <laughs> it was <awesome>. just gold. <laughs> that was just pure gold. And even the people that were you were kind of poking yeah. back at had fun with that. I, That's I, why it was so good. I wish for Cincinnati that we had like a lot less um, distractions and, and like Cincinnati could get along better. And that everyone who was like, I, I feel like there's like a there's there's somewhat of a traveling problem in Cincinnati. Like guys on the east side don't want to come to the west. West don't want to go or east don't want, doesn't want to go west. North doesn't want to go south. And like there's a lot of people who care about beer in Cincinnati. But if you throw a release like. Not everyone shows up, and and like even at the the breweries that really do pull off a crowd, it's not enough of a crowd. In like, if you look at breweries who are really successful with beer releases, it, we, we're not doing that yet in the city, and that's why I think you see a lot of it ending up at at distro. Um, and I would hope, I hope for like Cincinnati to like get back to that. Maybe we're just way too far past it. Now it's just like everything goes to distro. I don't know. Well, and it's, it's, I think that there's a lot of beer drinkers too that want things to go to distro because it makes it easier for them. You know, people, Mm -hmm. you know, like me, it's hard to get out of the house. Sometimes I've got a two year old. She's, just a little demon child. Yeah, but like it's you, you so lose. I'm you sorry. do. You no, know, you do. I, and that's where I'm getting right. at. You know, I, I feel like there, there's a lot of people that, on first glance, it's like I, you know, it's it's easier for me to run to Jungle Gyms and grab a four pack off the shelf and then run back home. I can make my wife think I'm just grocery shopping, not going out to get the latest <laughs> beer that came out. But at the same time, people don't understand the kind of the behind the scenes of not just. From the brewery's perspective of the you know going to a dis- distributor versus selling it in house, but then also just that connection to these things that are happening. You know, Fifty West is it's it's about yes, it's always about the beer, but at the same time, coming to Fifty West, going to these release events, coming and sitting down and talking with a bartender across the bar, talking to the beer drinker next to you at the bar when you're at a release, or going to a bottle share before like those mm-hmm. are the things that make this a little bit different than. Something else that's a well, that's a commodity it's, like it's bread like, or you what, know what Andy was saying. We're, we try to be thoughtful about like the release process and like the kinds of releases that we have, and, and we're, we're trying to you know provide people with an experience on top of great beer. And it's it's impossible to do that if you just go to Jungle Gyms and buy it. Um, well, you can have experiences there too sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I love. I've, I've had many experiences. Store is a bad example. <laughs> You're right. Uh, all right, let, let's, all call right it, let's call it a gas station. You know, you just show up to a gas station and, and you're not getting that same experience. And like, it's funny, like some of the best reviews I see come through when they're, they're here. And like, I'm not even like touching these people, right? Like they just like get our experience and get the beer in their like, 50 West will not touch you when you come here. <laughs> Unless you want to be touched. I was going to say, you, if you ask. I just, and then, like, some of the worst are, like, people that just, like, oh, like, my buddy shared, like, one ounce with me, and this beer sucks, and, like, zero stars. Oh, and it's, like... That's it's, such like, bullshit. Yeah, whatever. But, it's, like, th- that's, that's like, you but know... But even, even when I'm sitting at home drinking a beer, like, there are very different ways to experience a beer, and it changes the way that beer is. If I'm walking in the door, and I've got, I'm trying to make dinner, and I've got a kid yelling at me, and I'm waiting for my wife to come home, and she's running late, and, like, there's all this craziness, I've still got beer in my hand. That beer does not taste as good as the beer that, at the end of the day, everything settles down. The kid goes to bed. The wife goes and watches whatever she's watching on TV, and I go sit on the front porch and, you know, sit in the rocking chair and put my feet up and crack open a beer. Then that beer is going to taste better. It's all about the things that are happening around you. And when you come to a brewery, there's things happening around you that you cannot replicate in other places. And um, I, 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 I think it's getting lost on a lot of people sometimes. I don't know if that's just because of the stage we're at as a city. Well, the, a- the one thing that I hear from a lot of people that used to come, because, you know, I've been to 
not every release you guys have had, but a I've bunch. been to a lot of your releases. You've been in the scene for a long time. And a lot of people that were in line with me for years are saying, well, there's too much now. I can't keep up. And yeah, because they true. say, oh, I feel like it's every week. And I, I, it I think it's a different it, not brewery. necessarily. Uh, if you look at the release calendars, there might be a lot that happen kind of together. But then, you know, what kind of bottle release is there this week? I can pull up the calendar on the gnarly gnome.com. Exactly. But I don't know of a particular, Actually, I can't, I'm not on Wi-Fi. <laughs> I don't know of a particular bottle release this weekend. Last weekend, there was one the week before there were two, but I'm just saying that it, that's kind of a piss poor excuse to me. I, I, I honestly, I wish we would see more attendance. I wish more people would come out for that experience and not just like expect on, you know, distro to get it. Um, for those brands, at least like the, our specialty right. bottles right. and stuff. I want those to, or the, right. the long strange journey series. I want those to go to distro. Sure. The specialty stuff I'd love to sell out in house and have right. people come here and get the experience that we like are thoughtful and purposeful about creating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if that'll ever come back. I, I'm yeah. not sure. It, it, it happened for a while. Like, yeah. dude, if you were at the first co-pilot release, it was like awesome and insane. We had a like, huge line and we, we did that a few times. And then uh, I think we did 20 or so releases. Um, and then, yeah, it got, it got to a point where like there, there was more people doing releases and I think more distraction and just mm-hmm. like way less attendance. And now like it, it's the volume piece is hard for us as a brewery where like, like how much do you put away in barrels? And then like when it comes out, how much goes the draft and then how much goes the bottles? Um, it's hard to figure that piece out when like you, the whole point of it is to like give beer fans this awesome beer experience from the brewery with like the most special coveted product that we can make. And then like nobody shows up and it has to go to distro and it's like, wait, what's the point of that? Cause I'm not sure if all the time and barrels and the cost of the, like, I'm not sure if like financially right. it actually works out. So it's like, wait, like why did we do all that? If it's just well, like going to sit on a shelf at a gas station. And, the, and this is the, the, my first impression here was I was writing for WCPO came in and I talked to, can I say names? Yeah. All right. I talked to Blake and Tommy and then Bobby came in at the end. And when we got done with this, like, two-hour, very rambling, rolling conversation, I said, you guys know you're not a Cincinnati brewery, right? And all three of them are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know. We know. We're like a Colorado brewery in the Midwest. <laughs> and so it's very different to have a release here than it is to have at Listerman. Or than it is at Br- and that's different, again, than it is at Brink or Streetside or wherever. So to me, when you're talking about people not showing up to the release, you are definitely missing the experience of that brewery because they're all different. And I can tell you that because I've been to all of them. I was going to say, I, but like I've been to a lot of them too. And like, I don't think anybody's pulling the crowd anymore. No, no, no it's, they're not. It's, I think that's the difference between what I get mean, your point though. I don't mean to like, yeah, no, no, yes. I'm not sorry. Though. That's, uh, I was saying that's the difference. What we say like is new money and, and old money beer geeks. Right. So like those of us that have been coming to, to mm-hmm. beer releases for, you know, 10, 12 years, you know, that was the only way we got some of those specialty brands, right? right? I mean, Jackie O's has been doing this 12 years now, and now, um, you know, their stuff's going to distro as well. Like, they still mm-hmm. pull crowds, but they have enough product that it's going to distro as well. So I think the, the people that have only been in this game for a couple, three years, who we call new money beer geeks, you know, they're kind of spoiled, and they're used to, you know, um, 
having it uh, either uh, on their own terms, basically. They can come to the brewery, they can get it, but they know if they don't show up and they don't do the, the social aspect of line shares and, and that camaraderie mm-hmm. that we all have, they can still just go and get it you know, at, uh, at Jungle Gems or Cappy's or wherever the next day, BC's Bottle Lodge. They can go to any of those locations like on Monday and pick them up. So I think they're kind of, they're, you know, it's a little bit of a, of, a, of a mentality that I think we spoil a lot of folks. And I don't even think we should be like, oh, like Cincinnati, like pick it up. Like you guys, it's probably just a reality in the market. And it's just like, hey, this is just kind of like maybe it comes back. I hope it's cyclical because like I want to give people that experience. Mm-hmm. Like I have a desire to do that at, at you know, running a brewery. I'm like, yeah, I want I want you to provide you with a really cool, um, unique, novel thing that's centered around like a specific beer. But um if we're past that, then maybe I just give up on my dream. <laughs> don't, don't give up. It's coming, you're not, it's coming back. Yeah, you're, you're not old enough to give up on your dream. I don't mean my dream of like running a brewery. I, I mean, was going to say, mean, you're not old enough to give up on your dream. No, no, no. no. I, I, mean, I mean my dream of having wow. cool bottle Del? laces. <laughs> why, why I ought to... Drinking a lot of beer keeps Dell young. It does. We also, He's well preserved. He's like the oldest guy at 50 West. I am, no the oldest, I am the oldest person at 50 West. How about those apples? God, and you're still younger than me. <laughs> is he? Yes. Do you know how old Del wow. actually is? I'll be, I'll be 44 this summer. Say, okay, now you, you got me by about a year. Oh, snap. You got me by a year. I'm older than everyone. No one knows this. It's you got because me by a year. I, I look you're very so well preserved. I look so Dude, young. the spiked hair. <laughs> he has great hair, though. I do have great hair. That's why I don't wear hats. Wait, you don't like my hair? The stuff coming out of your chin looks really good. I, I told a couple of people, like you know, during this beer fast, I was like, yeah, I've felt so much younger. You know, like my hair and my my nails are even growing faster. I was bald before I started this. <laughs> I can't right. figure out what's happening. No nope, beer beer fast happening right now. But starting right now. And my wife would not be pleased with me if I came home and I said, "Honey, I'm going to do a beer fast." Lose her how, shit. How would she know the difference with you? That's true. Well, no, because I, I I eat lots of meat and cheese. Okay. <laughs> hey, can bring me your meat finest and meats and cheeses. <laughs> can this be a two beer podcast? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Absolutely. All right. I'm gonna go get another one. Do you guys? Do you guys want another? One? Um. Yeah. If you're going, yeah. I'll grab another one. Yeah. I might as well stock you up while you're while we're talking. Do you guys have the uh, the logger on slow pour right now? Yeah. Um, we definitely have the slow pour operating. The slow pour is super cool. Let's take a minute to talk about that. I, that's what I want to talk about. I, I, I'm so nerdy about it. He, is, he is so nerdy so about it. I saw, I saw another local brewery threw a thing up online when they were releasing a lager that they had it on slow pour. And I got really excited. And I saw, finally, some more people are done slow pours. And I ran over there. And it was like two days later. And I oh, asked I the bartender. And they're like, what? And I said, slow pour. And she's like, you want me to pour it slow? So no, and I, I tried to explain it. And nobody knew what I was talking about. I'm like, this did is they ridiculous. Have, did they have the faucet? No, they don't. No, no, no they're, they're doing it with a con- uh, control valve. Oh, that, well, I mean, I guess you could rep- You can replicate the pour with like a bottle if you want. But like, uh, and I did a bunch of times actually. Uh, you can do it with like any kind of beer. It doesn't even need to be a lager. But like I was inspired. Uh, so, so the faucet is like this revolutionary faucet. Uh, I think it was developed, this, at least the story how I understand it, it was developed by Pilsner, Pilsner Cal. Cal. It's the only time I've ever mm-hmm. seen yeah. it otherwise. In the, in the Czech Republic, yeah. they developed this specialty faucet that like is designed to pour Pilsner beer. And it just tastes great with any lager. It, I honestly want to put a hazy IPA on it just to like, see what it does. Um, do it. But it's like it's essentially like... Um, it, it's an adjustable nitro pour, essentially, is what it is. So like... 
it forces the beer through a screen. Um, you pour it like a little, you, you, you carbonate the beer slightly different. So we have what's called a splendid valve in the back. So it, it, you give it like a natural carbonation in the fermenter. So at about 70% fermentation, we splendid the, the beer, which is like you put, you slap this cool valve on, on the, on the tank and it basically ferments itself with its own pressure. And then you send it to the bright and you give it a little bit more if needed. Um, but it's about there at that point in time keg it off um so it has like a finer like more dissolved uh co2 character and then you force it through this faucet that has this adjustable um handle and a screen in it and it has a much wider mouth than a normal faucet Mm -hmm. and you can basically there's a bunch of different ways to pour it so you can do what's called like a milk pour where you get like this super fine just like full foam glass that looks so (laughs) silly but like it's kind of pleasant to drink and then uh, you can do what's called the slice where you just get a little bit of beer on the bottom and then mostly foam. You can do like the, the best pour, like the pour that it's developed for is like a three finger head pour um, and, the, and the head kind of jumps out of the glass. Um, I saw it for the first time and like fell in love with it at Beer Stout Lager House in, in Colorado in Denver. Um, we drank so many of them that day. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was awesome. And like it didn't hit me like that the faucet had so much to do with the texture of the beer because like they, they make, first off they make a fantastic Pilsner, but like a lot of what makes it so good is the texture of the beer and how they're giving it to you. They're nailing the flavor, but like it's it at point of sale, it, they, they give it to you with this fluffy silky head and, and well, like less carbonation and it's awesome. And it's all the faucet that's doing there's, it. There's well, you know, and there's, there's a reason too that when you typically see a nitro beer on tap, it's also coming out of a different faucet too, because that does mm-hmm. affect kind of that, that the creaminess and some of the texture of oh, the God, beer yeah. when it sure. comes out. And, and, and importantly God, yeah. with, with nitro, it's being poured on a different blend uh, yeah. of gas, right, but, right. but yeah, it's forcing it through a shower head. And, but the, the, the perforation of the, um, the screen is much different in a nitro. It almost looks like, yeah. like the description that I could use would be like, like one looks like, like a mesh, um, uh, metal filter that would like, that's like on the end of your microphone right there. And then that's like what's on the slow pour. And then the one that's on the nitro looks more like a shower head faucet. Like it's a disc with like 10 mm-hmm, right. holes in it. And then the other one's a disc with like 200 holes in it. Right. Uh, much There's finer. And more you, nucleation points. Yes. And, uh, so it basically disturbs all the CO2 that's in solution as it comes out and puts it all into the head. So you get like a silker, silkier, creamier beer. You, you taste more of the sweetness of the beer and uh, you get like a, a long lasting, like silkier head that like you kind of suck in as you, as you drink. And it's, um, ironically, it makes me drink the beer a lot quicker though. Same, <laughs> same dude, you crush them. And, uh, it's, it's awesome. The beer tastes a little bit sweeter. You can taste more of the grain. You get less bite. Um, you can drink them faster than they actually take to pour. <laughs> they, they take like and five minutes of beer stop they tell you like when you order there's signs everywhere like it's five minutes per beer so when you go up there and order, yeah, you, order you know like you order five two. minutes five yeah, minutes you order, per pour geez. you order two at a time so I'm not the, the slow pour is pouring something so no that's fine well, I'll, I'll get one after the show <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what it's pouring right now I think it's Shiso Lager which is a um, Amber, Japan, yeah. Amber Lager beer with with a Japanese herb in it called Shiso um, it's kind of like a like a what is Shiso Japanese mint. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Japanese mint. What is uh, she so? And she's then so there's fine. 
But we've, ma- we've made a few different beers. Uh, Roadblock poured on it. Um, uh, American Lager poured on it. That's well, the last time I was here that I did try it. It was American Lager, which I thought was the coolest because yes. you could try it on both, both ways, which Absolutely. kind of shows you that difference. That's uh, how we started. We, we have an Italian pilsner right now called Drive-In Cinema. That's fantastic. It's Again, awesome. that's Ryan. Oh. And, and so that beer might be on it as well. So we're, we're, we like have a lager program that, that Ryan's just crushing over on this side. And the whole impetus for it was just like, we bought a slow pour faucet. Like, let's <laughs> double down on lagers and like just pour awesome lager beer. And, and again, like just being like a more mature brewery and trying to offer a spectrum of beer and, and seeing lager as like an up and coming style. Um, it's to me like it's fun because not that you know everybody keeps saying that lager is the the new thing that's going to happen and everybody keeps saying that year after year after year and it never just really like they kinda, did with like saison right like. but <laughs> but like to me I I love it just from the, the the Cincinnati side too like it's such a historical thing to what this city is kind of at its core totally. like it's I, I love seeing lagers so around town I, I think the reason people say that though is because like the extreme beer became a thing like these super extreme right, flavored right. So beers just are the a reaction. Thing. The pendulum coming back. Yeah, but like I think they both have a place at the same time. Absolutely, because like I can't drink three of those like you know I can't drink three pastry stouts. They're like liquid candy bars, right? So like maybe you drink one of those, and then you got to switch to lager beer, or like you're switching to IPA. It's like I feel like the more educated you get in beer, the more Mm -hmm. um, you base your drinking habits on um, like occasion. So like, am I going canoeing? Am I going, am I drinking with friends? Am I drinking, you know, a beer with my girlfriend while we watch a movie? Am I drinking for breakfast because I'm not eating that day? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's where your pastry stout comes in. Absolutely. So I think there's like a time and place for all these beers, but there's, there's more occasions to drink. And because of that, um, uh, you're going to see more like more sessionable beers. And I think that's like the reason behind everybody being like, oh, lagers, lagers, uh, the next thing. And it's because like, I think the most educated people in beer are reaching more for lagers because they're reaching for beer probably at more occasions. And it's like, hey, a lager just works. Right. Yeah. Because it's just crisp, clean, easy drink. And it's going to provide me like this, you know, it's going to satiate me. Well, and, it, and as the brewery, you know, more and more breweries continue to open and you're trying to grab market share, it makes sense that you have a nice approachable beer for people that maybe you're in an area where you're in a craft oasis that somebody's not used to drinking big, heavy IPAs, West yeah, like Coast IPAs. So somewhere weird, a, like in like Southeast Ohio. <laughs> we will talk well, about I'm, that. You know, I, we, we you know, I live in Kentucky, so I'm still, you know, I'm thinking about places over there. Yeah. That totally. where, you know, you want to have, and, and breweries over there have said, we have to have this. We don't necessarily want don't to do for- it, but we have to have it because we want people to come in and drink it. Do don't we- forget, too, that the majority of people that live here in Marymount are still drinking macro beer everywhere. Every, everywhere you go, people are still drinking. Right, 90%. Big, yeah, like it's, it's insane. And it's like crazy for me to like call God, us OG, like, but like in Cincinnati, like even when we started, it was like, dude, I literally stood at the front door for like like the first year of the business and people would come in. We didn't have a kitchen. They would sit there and look at the chalkboard and be like, I drink Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. Like, what should I drink? And I'd have to walk them through different Mm -hmm. beers. And, uh, that happened for a while and it still happens. So yeah, you need a light beer. Everybody needs a light beer, but you're right. Like there's, there's places in that that aren't very far from here that, Mm -hmm. uh, that like you still, you still get that clientele. Sure. And it's just an education thing. Like everybody, absolutely. Everybody wants good, tasting food you know beer chewing gum like whatever it is like everybody wants the flavor right 
So it's just like it's an education thing, I think. Absolutely. Bud Miller Coors drinkers do not want the flavor. <laughs> no, they don't. They, they want they want it cold and wet and fizzy. I th- I think that they just don't know that they want the flavor. I've tried. Yet. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting salty. I feel like I feel like I taste them a yeah. lot. I, I taste them on beer a lot. You know, because you know we do have American Lager, which is our you know our gateway beer, our solution to that. And I'll be in a Kroger and and stopping random people to have them taste the Fifty West beer. And they'll say, I'm a Bud Miller Coors drinker. I'm like, well, I, I have something for you. This is locally made, you know, uh, 4.5% alcohol, you know, and are light, crisp, clean. And they go, ooh, that's got a lot of flavor. <laughs> but <laughs> full, I, full flavored lager. I think it's a just, I still think it's something that's in their head. Like, I don't think it's the flavor that's throwing them off. Because those are the same guys that are happy, you know, going down, the same people, I shouldn't say guys, that are going down to Buffalo Wild Wings and getting, you know, their, their hot wings and they're enjoying that. They love that flavor. It's not the flavor itself. It's something else that's in there that's gotten in their head oh, that needs yeah. broken You're giving down. them a lot more credit than I was. I was thinking these are the same people eating gas station sushi. But <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's... It, they're when, not eating sushi, bro. When you, when, you, when you ask that person, they're not saying, oh, I, I, I just like American, free with the you know, like light lager. Roller they're dogs. saying, no, I, I like Bud or I like Miller. Like, it's a thing. Brand it's like a, it's, yeah, it's, it's it something is. else that's gotten yeah. stuck in their head. And you have to yeah. get, we have to find some way to get past yeah. all of Dude, that. Dude, it's funny. Like, you, you guys should, like, do a thing where you just follow Dell around, like, or, or any salesperson <laughs> around, like, at the at sales events and, like, talking to buyers. And, and like, that side of the business is so interesting. And, and, and they, they deal with that stuff every day. Yeah, when I, you know. Well, we could mix that up with the drinking in public thing. <laughs> right. That would work out well. Um, oh, Andrew loves to drink in public. <laughs> I yeah. really do. I was not drinking in public that day, though. <laughs> and <it's>, uh, <laughs> we can poke fun at it at this point, right? Um, yes, yeah, yes, okay. we can. Um, go, go grab beers, and we're going to talk about chili coffee. Oh, he's kicking me out. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Well, we, from the since beer, you called me by my so, real name too. So, <laughs> yeah. so I know. So, I almost looked at him like, "Who's that?" <laughs> oh, you mean the gnome? Although I can no, just, that, I can just put it off on you every time now. That's, that's does fair because yeah. when we were down at Alexandria, it was, it was like uh, spies like us. Andy, oh, Andy, yeah. Andy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you concur, doctor? I concur. So, uh, since we went off the rails during from the beer fridge, yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't even I, talk, I, about, didn't even talk about my beer or Dell's beer. Yeah, right. So, and I already drank all mine, but, uh, <laughs> but mine was part of the long, strange journey. So that was the uh, Highway Americano. I. Dig that beer. I had one. Um, I think I've only drank one of my four. Yeah, I, so that's I, a that's a hell. It's a hellas lager that we did with um, a lot of it is single source Ethiopian bean coffee. Uh, there is a little espresso in there as well. Uh, Scott kind of got got funky with deeper roots and and uh, that. I mean, it's it's an amazing beer. It, it it's the the the, the Christmas the, everything you get from from a hellas. Uh, but the nose is 100% coffee. Like you think it's going to be such a coffee bomb mm-hmm. because the nose is so pungent. Then when you drink it, you really you don't get like what, a traditional coffee flavor. You get the subtlety that you would normally get like on an Ethiopian beans. So you would get that like that that berry, uh, almost kind of blueberryish, mm-hmm. and a lot of like the nutty <sighs> notes of the coffee. It's it's an amazing beer. So the the, the thing that really turned me on to coffee, I was at um Tazamia when they were when they had their stores around and went in one day just for a cup of coffee and the guy talked me into this uh, I think it was it was probably like a pour over of, of Ethiopian Sadamo. 
And he was talking about it and talking about all these flavors that you get from him. I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, I just, you know, whatever, just, you know, give me a cup of coffee. And I'll be damned if it was not the fruitiest, most yeah. delicious cup of coffee if I've yeah. ever had in my life. And still, like, I, I, I find myself a lot of times looking f- for that, like, that experience again, to be that, replicated. Yeah. And, yeah. and so many times it gets blown out by whatever people are doing to, to their beans. But it comes across in that beer so yeah, it, it, fantastic. It's so cool. It's it, it's it's almost like a juxtaposition because people are usually drinking dark beers with coffee in them. The nose is telling you, wow, this is going to be a really coffee-forward beer. Then you taste it and you get those berry notes. Uh, it's, it's super cool. Um, on a side note, if you think Max uh, waxed poetically and, and talked uh, romanced slow pours, <laughs> you should hear him talk about coffee. So Max is one of like the biggest coffee nerds that I know. <laughs> so every time we're traveling, like we, we make a point of like every morning going to like a new local roaster in whatever city we're in. Dude, wait, just say something about coffee when he comes back on. <laughs> comes back on. How long are we going today? <laughs> well, you guys have somewhere you have to be, right? Yeah. yeah. So we have to end it Train, up Running training group. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I had actually wanted to try that beer. The yeah, please Island do. Make sure you it's, try. it's fantastic. So, and then you're the, drinking the the twelfth and central, twelfth and central, which, which is, is our uh, collaboration private label for Zundo Ramen. And this is an excellent, excellent sour. It's made with yuzu. Yuzu, it is. Which is not something you find very often. The only other one I know of is Fugly from Oscar Blues. Um, Taft's has one out right now. Does Taft have one? Had one. Yeah, okay. Taft's had one an locally, IPA. and then um, uh, Hitato. Okay, Hitato yeah, yeah, yeah. Nest does a yuzu lager. But it's it's a really interesting flavor that I wasn't sure I was going to like when I first tried. Yeah, Fugly, and so when I saw it on this, I was like, oh yeah, I'm all in. Oh, it, it, it works so well. Yeah. It's got this like subtle, almost like a banana, um, like a banana like creaminess. But it's like, and then there's citrus but, on it as yeah, well. Yeah, it's very citrusy, and and it's got the right amount of sourness to it. It's not gonna. It's not overly tart. you up, yeah. but it's definitely sour and, and hits you in the cheeks. And it would be really good with ramen. That does. Yeah, yeah. So we actually. So when we do a private label like that, we uh, the the first step is to sit down with their team and our team. Uh, so we sat down. We talked about flavor profiles. We talked about fruits. We talked about you know what pairs well with you know things on their menu, and then we do a tasting at both locations. So uh, I actually took Ryan, the head brewer here at the pub. We went to Zundo and we tasted through their menu and we had them come here and they tasted a bunch of, of beers that we've done and then that's how we come to the final product. So there's a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of, of uh, uh, preparation that goes into that. Yeah, well, th- this is an excellent one and that's coming from a sour fan. So yeah. well done. Thank you. That's, I think you guys kind of, again fly under the radar with the the sour program there's there's things about 50 west that you know to me when you when you first think of 50 west you think of you know obviously punching the ipa Mm -hmm. you think of now that american lager when you're you know sitting across the pro works you're playing volleyball you're out there you're sweating and like it fits into that really well doom pedal pedal, you know these things you know i guess those core brands (laughs) you know they they stand out as as this big personality that you know you walk in kroger and you see you see a big you know shelf of it now and then there's these other little things that are happening here that um, it's hard to uh, it's hard to, to to showcase that in a city like Cincinnati where there's so much going on. And uh, again, if you don't if you don't come here to the tap room I, or to the either see, side I, of the street, I was going to say I always think of events yeah. with Fifty yeah. West. I think of the events that go on here. And, yeah, and Fifty how much Fest, Fifty punch Fest, out. Punch Out, and how much fun those are. And and you. Yeah. 
Oh, know? dude, and by the way, like I, so one of those one of those first news clips that went viral. Uh, was filmed over at ProWorks, yeah, and it was me pouring into a plastic glass, into oh. a plastic cup, and people like gave me so much shit. They're like, "What kind of brewery is this that that you know you guys pour into plastic?" And they're like, "Oh, well, you know, we serve uh, in a volleyball court." <laughs> yeah, we right, we have nineteen different places that you can drink a beer at Fifty West, okay. <laughs> and some of them you have to get a plastic cup to do it. All right, so I got Zundo, 12th and Central. Is that right, what it's called? we just talked about it. So that's what he's drinking. Oh, cool. I got another one of those. So you, I'm not going to give you that. Who wants that? You want this? All right, double drink that one. Or you can. It doesn't I, matter. I got I got a beer called Tea for Two. It's a Saison with Osmanthus tea. That's me. Oh, yeah. This is a, a collab with <laughs> I'm going to need to drink that one, too. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know I like Saison. This, you can tell by the look of it, is the slow pour. Um, that, like, super tight head. Uh, yeah. That's that's the Shiso Amber Shiso. Lager. Thank you. Then I poured myself an American lager because uh, I drink more of that beer than any of our beers. <laughs> I, I actually have not like just gotten a six-pack of American lager in a while, and oh actually God. it's really sounding good right now. Dude, I, I have to stop on the way home. I've literally drank like cases of it. It's so good. It's just like so reliable and easy drinking, and like, yeah, I crush them all the time. I so in the last, uh, was it last week week before um the last week's show we were talking to uh to mike Mike about um the cincinnati beer history book and Mm -hmm. i'm sitting there reading about these pre-prohibition versions like you know what i just i just need a damn lager and i i went i got a lager out of the fridge and started pouring a glass like no no i need to get me a little stein so i went and i'm digging through (laughs) all my glasses and found like a little like half liter beer mug it was probably like a third liter beer mug and i'm sitting and then it just just fit perfect for everything that i was reading (laughs) I'll be damned if it doesn't make it taste better. <laughs> yeah. I, that's why it we does. have these like cabinets like, full of glassware, right? Sometimes like you just hit that 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 exact moment. Like this is what I need. I need right. this beer and this type of a glass. And uh, yeah, so Max, I was drinking a, a Highway Americano before, so I talked about Highway Americano, and I said, yeah, and he said you don't guys, drink coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> I said, I said if you if you if you guys think that Max dorked out about a slow pour, you should hear him talk about coffee. Oh, I'm a coffee nerd. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Well, this is a beer podcast, but like, I I, I love coffee. I, I did um, on my other show, drinking with the gnome. Which, if anybody has not subscribed to that, go do that now. Um, I did hint when I launched the show that eventually we would probably touch on coffee and maybe even tea at some point. So, there will be a coffee show at Dude, some point if you want to yeah, sit down man. and talk about coffee. I know. I don't even think like I may not even be qualified for it. I'm I'm pretty nerdy about it. Um, I've got like uh, an Aeropress and like his <laughs> Dell shakes his head and, uh, and a V60 and a Chemex and like a, a B House and um, pretty I much bu- the whole idea of the show is a bunch of people just that like to drink sitting around talking about things they're not qualified to talk about. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But like I know a couple guys in this city that like know more about coffee than I do that like like got me into it and and maybe we bring them and like do a cupping or something perfect i was gonna say i've sat around and like we we bought cupping equipment and did cuppings and uh me and one of my buddies uh he runs a bar downtown and he is kyle from ryan house he's the man and like uh got got me like deep into coffee and now i'm like such a nerd i can't drink (laughs) i can't drink bad coffee like i drink like every morning, it's just like it takes me like forty five minutes to like I, yeah, I, get I, all my equipment out. And I like bring my Aeropress with me when we go camping, and my wife makes fun of me. As well, she great. should. She's she's dumping instant coffee. Well, in I don't have time for bad coffee. <laughs> no. I, I learned to drink coffee in the army, 
So, so uh, yeah. I'll drink any coffee you put in front of me. We used to like take like coffee grounds and like MREs and just like make pudding out of them and stuff <laughs> just to like have caffeine. So like I've even I got a, a, a I have a tin of those grinds. Have you seen those? They're like they're like dip packets, but yeah. they're made with coffee and, and flavored. Uh, I have those in there just to give them a, a whirl, just to try them out. It's kind of gross. I'll try yeah, it. You'll try it. <laughs> Whatever. I'll try anything. Um, let's let's <laughs> go ahead and talk about chili coffee since we're already almost an hour into a show, um, and we have another huge topic that we didn't even touch on. You guys are opening another brew pub um, east. Mm-hmm. Out in the middle of nowhere for those of us in Cincinnati. That's how we see Chili Coffee. It is now going to be a stop on the way to Athens when you're headed out there. Um, talk about that a little bit. Number one, why? And uh, we'll go from there. Um, so, so why is the brewery expanding, or why Chili Coffee? Or like why, is why? why is easy? Why is easy? Um, yeah, Doug, you want to take why? Yeah, so why is is, is really simple. So um, obviously when it comes to our brand at 50 West, and, and I think anyone that knows us knows how protective we are of this brand and that we really stay true to it and we stay on point. So everything that we do, we, we, we you know, talk about and romanticize this road that's right outside of this brewery. It goes from Ocean City, Maryland, all the way to Sacramento, California, um, where, where the brew pub is here. Uh, you know, everyone always talks about 50 West and 50 East, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what a lot of people don't know is, you know, further east, it goes through several small towns. It goes through Athens. Uh, and one of those is Chillicothe, right? So Chillicothe is a town of 25,000 people uh, that's up and coming. I mean, I've, I've fallen in love now spending enough time in Chillicothe. They have a, a wonderful, um, you know, downtown area, uh, seven, eight different restaurants that are kind of doing upscale gastro pub style food. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the gist is they have 25,000 people and no breweries, right? So here in Cincinnati, that's, you know, what, what, I mean, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? No breweries? Yeah, There's dude. 60 here. So the point of saturation is crazy. So, um, you know, the, one, it's on 50. Um, our location that... Um, that uh, that we found that we're going to be uh, rehabbing and turning into the brew pub is actually on the corner of 50 and Main Street in downtown Chillicothe, and there's a, there's a huge demand right now for for good beer, and uh, you know they've really rolled out the welcome wagon for us, and uh, and and you know the town you know the the city council and the, the mayor and and everyone around there, um, you know we've been sprinkling our beer you know distro wise now into Chillicothe, and I mean just you know. Two weeks ago, we did an event with a four, we did a four tap takeover in downtown Chillicothe, and we kicked all of our beers in two hours. Um, they're just so excited to have the brand there and to have you know a, a brewery and have good beer. So the why was 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 super simple for us. Well, I mean, I don't know the the demographics of Chillicothe at all. It seems like one of those towns that is full of people that like. The outdoors that like being kind of out and you know that that kind of atmosphere. Um, to not have a brewery in a town like that is is kind of crazy to me. It seems like the crowd that I feel like is ready to to embrace that very hard. Well, it's almost <laughs> crazy to think like a, a town that size in general, regardless of where they are, not having a brewery nowadays. Like that's that's pretty unusual, yeah. and to and to come across them right on fifty. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's the perfect storm for us. Right. Uh, I, I was gonna say Florence, but that's if you don't <laughs> count BJ's. 
Yeah. Because Florence is about 30,000. They don't have one yet. Yeah. A, a tap room. They I have mean, a brewery, but they the, don't have a tap room. Speaking to that, though, I mean, like, the, Bart Watson, the chief economist of the, the BA, I'm a huge uh, fanboy for that guy. And, um, you know, he, he's pointed out, like, at every single craft brewers conference, there's kind of like a different like theme that you, they don't explicitly say, but you sort of get out of it. Like early in the early days, it was like, Hey, make quality beer. And then like, even the last one was kind of doom and gloom. It was like, Oh my God, like the, we don't really know what's how this like shake out is going to work. Um, and then now it's kind of like, guys, the growth rate has like fallen to like a really normal CPG yeah. market. And like now we're just regular, like, like brands and that that's literally the key word is that like now we're, we're we're like making good beer is is the barrier for entry you're not even a part of the conversation if you're not making good beer so like i don't even like to talk about like when we talk about the brand sometimes it's like when you go into like pitch kroger or you go into like these the wholesaler pitches it's like hey guys like it's good beer. Let's let's not dwell on that for too long. Uh, you you can taste it and make up your own mind, or look at the awards or whatever. But like, what really matters now is like, how are you going to build your brand and what your brand story is, and how are you going to bring that to market? And so like, what what Del was saying um, with, with you know our brand story and how we feel about that, and, and and just doubling down on that. Now like the whole industry, everybody needs to realize that like you're operating your own individual like brand and and you need to like figure out the best way to tell that story so for us a great way to tell that story is to look down this road and find these pockets of america that's what i was getting at with bart was that he was saying recently that like the way that we all continue to grow and in the reason that there's still room for more breweries to come on board is because there's lots of pockets of america that like are just underserved and like you can look around this city and talk to all these brewery owners and realize like well, no one here is afraid to open up another brewery, right? Because it's like, it works. I Like, I don't care what the demographic is. Like, people want to drink craft beer. Uh, and you can you can go into a town that's underserved and drop a brewery and it'll work. But, like, that's not the reason for Chillicothe. Really, the reason for Chillicothe is we want to tell this Route 50 story. And when we look down 50, one of the first places that smacked us in the face was Chillicothe. You were driving down the road and you get to Chillicothe and it's like, holy crap, this is a huge town with a ton of people that are like drinking craft beer already. And, and that like, there's cool restaurants and third wave coffee. And it's just like, wait a minute. Like these people need a brewery. These people need a community center, this third space where like we, we can put a, we, we can provide that for them. the the brand of 50 west and especially the the way the brand has evolved in the last couple of years and the way it's kind of turned into what it is like i just i can see it so well somewhere like chili coffee or you know like in athens or like uh you know a, a, madison a, a, indiana hell and in, in, in Asheville, like these play not that those would ever fall into your plan because it's not on 50 but um you know like it just it fits like these these towns like that it just makes sense there and i, I don't think that that's the same for a lot of brands in cincinnati when, like there when you told me that they were opening a place in chillicothe that was one of the least surprising things i'd heard all year yeah, honestly it, it just it made it it's like yeah that makes sense to me yeah I mean, like, and, and I don't think, like, our ultimate, like, growth plan is, like, drop, like, a, a ton of pubs. Um, oh, no, no. You need to have one from Ocean City to Sacramento. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the next 50 question. 50 West. You, you need to have at least, you know, every state 
needs at least one. I, Come I, on, Max. I think like the ultimate goal is to continue to provide, um, you know, the the experience and the culture and be able to perpetuate like the, the 50 West brand um, outside of here and continue to tell our story where it makes sense. And, and I feel like you were going to ask, like, is the ultimate plan to drop a bunch of pubs? And, and it's it's not. It's it's to continue to tell our story and build communities in the places where it makes sense. And if that means drop a pub, then maybe drop a pub. If that means just bring distro and a really talented sales rep who is gonna like start a running group and like a mountain biking club and like maybe that's all it is. But like our, the ultimate thing is like we want to provide experiences for people and continue to tell this story that we think is really cool about America and about like active lifestyle. And if we can continue to do that, people will reach for our beer when they go to Kroger, when they go to CVS, when they go to Walgreens, when they go to, we're in Speedway now, when they go to Speedway. The, the brilliance of it, though, is that that story does change as you go across the country. You know, the story of, you know, 50 West and telling that story of, of 50 across the country is, is, is one thing here. And it's similar, but still going to be very different just down the road. "Quote unquote" in in Chillicothe, <laughs> if you if you you know you you look, you know Ocean City or wherever it may be, you know like that's still the story of fifty, but right. it's so different that it's 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 interesting to think long term. And when you know, obviously everybody wants Fifty West to be a brand and be a company. So far in the future that we can't even really like you know picture when you guys are seven yeah. years old. You know, like it it doesn't it doesn't make sense long term to really like look at that yet, but. It does, you know, like this is this is a story that could be told years and years and years from now in different ways as that kind of grows. And, totally. And well, I mean, you know, that's the you know the one common thread is that road is fifty, right? So what you know what that means to to people are different things. So whether like in Ocean City, you know, uh, or in um, in like Tahoe, like that the brand itself, you know, um, is the common thread is the road. So you can actually, you know, take this and and when someone says, "I know, I know, fifty. I'm, I grew up rent on fifty. Whether they're in an urban setting along that road or they're in a country setting along that road, it still resonates with both of them. You can then model those brew pubs or whatever you're doing. You can model that brand to 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 comfort them and to, and to give them that nostalgia. Whether it's uh, you know the what we have here in Cincy, what we're building in Chillicothe, or if we do an an, an urban concept uh, in Washington D.C. I need, yeah, a, and, I need a concept on like the West Coast so I can have an excuse to drive out there yeah, and, and just sit on the and beach. If you wanna, and if you want to open one in Tahoe, like not for nothing, but I've got a little taproom experience. Just saying. <laughs> I, just I, saying. I, I love, I'm a huge skier and I really yeah. want to like just have a reason to go to Tahoe more times so yeah. that I can ski. So how like, fun, yeah, we should how talk fun after would a road trip be though? <laughs> like a road trip where you start, you know, in Maryland and you just like, you take, you know, a month and you just drive across the country and every time you need to stop, you stop at a 50 West and you stay somewhere close by and you do whatever that thing is no, no, there, no. be it skiing. The, the or Tahoe, I've already got this drinking. mapped out, man. Tahoe is going to be like the brew dog in Columbus. It's going to be the hotel and everything. It's <laughs> yeah, 50 it West hotel. hotel and everything. Just, just tell resort. Bobby to write the check. We're going to be fine. <laughs> so I, I've done the whole road trip. Like a lot of the photos you see around the pub yeah. are actually the ones that I took. And, um, Tahoe is like the most beautiful place in the United States. Definitely the most beautiful place on 50. Probably the most beautiful Next place. <laughs> We're all homers here, right? Uh, and it's fantastic. You drive like through 
this giant mountainside called Cave Rock. And so you come from Carson City, Nevada, and it's like weird old school uh, casino town. You drive up a mountain, and then you're like on what's called Spooner Summit. We used to have a beer called Spooner Summit. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you drive like through a mountain, and the second you come out on the other side, it's like this crystal clear lake and then snow-capped mountains like huge huge pine trees and like this cool like little hippie mountain town and it's like amazing it's very my wife hates taking road trips with me because i'm that guy that like every five minutes honey honey look 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 at this look how cool this is look at this (laughs) honey we gotta stop we gotta stop we gotta do this we gotta do have you ever looked up pictures of tahoe Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure i've seen pictures of it but i've never purposely gone it's insane like the water is clear up to 200 foot and it's potable like you can just go drink it uh it's honestly it's so beautiful there it's so beautiful I heard they have uh, beautiful trees, too, which brings up another thing that I've got on my list here. Uh, trees of Tahoe is the next... I thought you were going to talk about smoking weed. No, yeah. no, no. That's uh, another that's smoking, show. That's, that's smoking, smoking with, with a gnome. <laughs> I have a few more years before that show comes out. Actually, the next seasonal is Ocean City, Maryland. That's, so that's right. It's a, goes the, goes a, which is strawberries this year. Is that right? I mean, it's always been strawberries. Yeah, strawberry rhubarb. Also this was, year. It, was it strawberries before? Yeah. yeah, it's always been strawberry. But uh, it's... What? It's, it's Why am I thinking of something else? We've had more ingredients with the strawberries before. There was hibiscus in it at one yeah. point. Hmm. But there's no, I don't. There's going to be no hibiscus this year. Um, but yeah, it's it's strawberry goza, um, awesome beer. Like, have you guys ever drank that beer? I I drank it once, but it was the 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 last canned version that I don't know if it was really tasting like it was supposed to taste like. Oh yeah, that one oh. got screwed up. But, uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, not out of the can. <laughs> I've had it here. Yeah. Yes, I've we, had it at the pub. All of our all of our core brands and all of our seasonal brands have gone through like lots of batches, lots of testing, mm-hmm. as you guys imagine. You know, we 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 sell it, we drink it, we get tons of feedback from inside, we get feedback from out, outside. Um, we figure out the right price point, we figure out the right recipe. I mean, so all all we've brewed that beer a bunch of times, and uh, it gets an awesome reaction. We honestly knocked it out of the park the very first time we brewed it. It was just like, holy shit, this this is like lightning in a bottle, like start sending that out and then everybody that got it loved it and we probably couldn't make enough before summer ended the very first time and then uh we and then last year it it we made it for probably two other years and then but last year especially it crushed and it was at like a really high price point um because the brewers just like like we didn't make enough of it like we didn't made two small batches and then uh but we but but it crushed so now we're like all right sweet scale it up get the price right like get the the, the scale of economy right we'll get the price down and we're gonna we're gonna flood the market and with it. it's awesome that comes here. out sweet. is that may or june um, so we're around gonna, there, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. Yes. So like, yeah, we're really good about uh, look for it when the weather's warm. <laughs> yeah. When, when, so so we've got the the brand in the seasonal skew in the Kroger, right? So we can swap it whenever we want uh, from sunsets into Goza. Um, but we're buying printed cans for the first time. So like the problem isn't brewing the beer. It's getting the first round. So when you buy printed cans, there's a minimum order and right. it's like 250,000 yeah. cans. It's, it's like, it's like a couple years of beer or can, can printed cans. Um, so we know we're going to brew this beer for a couple of years. We're like, all right, press go on the print. It takes forever to get like, we're like little gnats on, on, yeah. uh, <laughs> on balls. You know, I, I had that conversation with Scott. Yeah. Ball like doesn't care about like, us. Yeah. They're like, Oh, we deal with Coca-Cola yeah. and stuff. Like right. we literally oh, don't care about they're gnats on ball, the yeah. can company, not gnats right. on balls. balls. 
Gotcha. No, no, gotcha. not gotcha. talking gotcha. about testicles. Uh, so the, the the cannon company ball. That's where my mind like nuts uh, on balls. Yeah, I get that. That probably does need to be. Like, Man, what the fuck do you I do think, on the weekend? I, I just want like a flea on balls. <laughs> I feel like quickly we'll get into like insider baseball conversation with people, and like they don't always like know what we're talking about. Like I I got yeah. into a conver- oh, like a long conversation with somebody about FMB the other day, and then at the end of it they were like. What's, What's FMB? FMB? That was interesting. And I, I was didn't like, understand any of it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh shit, sorry. Um, but it's yeah, flavored so, malt beverages. If you're talking, if you're listening. Uh, yeah. Thank so you for also for, for everyone listening. Yeah, ball, so that it didn't turn into that. The the canning world is very interesting. There's like three companies. for if you like, it's like Evercan, Ardaw, Crown, and Ball. There's only a few companies, in, you know, that you can buy printed cans from. Um, you know, which yeah. goes into the whole shrink sleeve and labeled thing, but we won't do that for now. Uh, so it's really hard to get your cans printed, um, but it looks the mm-hmm. best. Uh, so, yeah, Goza will come out. We're wait. We don't have the cans in hand yet. We we right. think that they'll be here at the very end of May, and then that's when we'll launch. So Memorial Day, ish is like when ish. that beer will come out. Right. Um, but the timelines are really fuzzy from these guys. Like I said, like we're, we're they don't really care about us, but they're they're doing it. And so well, these are the same guys. Like you said, there's there's three companies that serve everybody, including everybody. So you're talking about the biggest brands that you can think of in the United States are still getting the same cans yeah. from the same people. Yeah. So if and anybody's so are, looking to get into the, the industry, cans. if anybody wants to get into the industry and you figure out a way to make cans. Right yourself right. so that's your end that's so your million dollar the, the, idea the solution for even that just is printing cans is there like a way that somebody could come up with a company and just keep buying tons of blanks and then print them locally so, so there's guys that have tried to come up with a solution so i've talked i talked to a really smart guy one time that um as opposed to the three dumb ones in the room with you <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> one time i talked to a smart guy <laughs> no I, I talked to a guy who's in the business uh that that that's why all you see all the shrink, the shrink wrap and label stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy that was in the business that really researched it said that it would take about forty four million dollars to, to figure out how Holy to, shit. Uh, mm-hmm. to to like do it at a small scale. Like you you need a ton of capital to like get the equipment and all the raw material right. and, and like everything. It, it's even at a small scale, those businesses are like super capital intensive and really hard. That, that's why there's only three of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, could it be done? Yeah. Is is there a need for, like, a, a mid-tier uh, can printer? Yeah. Does it exist? No. So, all you super smart people, the modern-day Steve Jobses of the world, that's what you need to be working on. Beer super cans. smart and well-funded. Beer, beer cans. Yeah, well-funded is I don't have one yeah. of our cans in front of us, but, like, we complicate... You can pretend that you do. Yeah, we complicate the, the can printing process as well because we print the whole can white first, and mm-hmm. then we print it again with the color... So if you look at our cans on the shelf versus other guys' cans, look at our white versus their white, theirs will look gray, and ours yes. looks like dead white. I think it's because we, we print them twice. When you, guys first started, when, yeah. you first, when you guys first started releasing cans, I think there was one person that wrote the article that actually had a really good description of that in there and explaining kind of why these cans are special. And it's, again, super inside baseball, super nerdy. I don't know that the average beer drinker like pays attention to... like when people talk about that but it does look better you know, it say looks sub, so sub, much better subconsciously hopefully they look at the shelf and they're right. attracted to that because it's so our cans because they're like whoa yeah. like, well I, you know I, I notice it because I you know every time I, I drink a new beer I take a picture of it I take a bunch of pictures of it and put it on the website although I'm really far behind so don't mm-hmm. go on there looking for the latest release but um, and and I, I love super close up pictures of the artwork on cans I love 
beer artwork and some of these cans it's embarrassing to me they'll take a picture of it and put it on there it's like oh that's really bad looking like that's just that's just poor printing like it doesn't look good yeah i've never had that problem with 50 west cans yeah man we we print them twice (laughs) and uh and it's twice the cost too yeah we, we pay about twice as much for them um they're, uh, but they're sexy. But that uh, that actually makes total sense to me, being who you guys are. Right. Yeah. Because it's about the experience, even if it's in a can. And no, knowing our back, that, but like also knowing our backstory that like, if you know how long it took us to get to cans and how purposeful and, and strategic we were to get to that point, um, it, it like we didn't fumble one piece of that. Like when mm-hmm. we got, like when we finally got to cans, it was like, like most importantly, we had a brand built. And that's why you saw the really quick Kroger adoption and, and like blasted all the yeah. stores because when we finally went to Kroger, they were like, yeah, we've been waiting for you guys to have this meeting for like five years. Like, well, where, where have you guys been? And it's like, yeah, we've been out there building a brand and that's, and, and everybody knows it and wants to pull it off the shelf. One of my favorite stories when I was at WCPO that I ever did was shop with a brewer. With Blake. I, I, shop with Blake. Yeah, you guys went to Cappies, right? Dude, it, it. I was on pins and needles listening to him because he was talking about who made the cardboard that the six pack comes in, who did this, who printed the can, when was it printed, just all these things that I had never thought about before. But it's all, all I've ever looked at. But because you guys were getting ready to do that at that point, that was what was on his mind. And it was so eye opening as a consumer to see how that thought process went. Oh, yeah. And. I, I'm not kidding you, dude. I sat there for half an hour just like on pins and needles writing down everything the man said and was like, this is gold. That's amazing. <laughs> so when you guys launch, it's like, yeah, I know they're... And knowing Blake, he, he bought an Avery beer, right? <laughs> Blake loves Avery. Loves Avery. Huge Avery no, fanboy. No, yeah. he, he bought something from Michigan. Mm. He Doesn't he, matter. Two-hearted. Yeah, he's. Uh, they bought something from Michigan short, because he, he summers up there. Yeah, you, in the UK, And it was place. something, yeah. Probably shorts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bl- Bl- so, a man. Talking talking about that like slow, you know, introduction of cans and, and and launching. So the first year you actually put beer in package, you're considered a new craft brewer, right? So so in, on the in the package world, we were new craft into cans in 2018. So we're really proud of that here in at 50 that for the year 2018. We were the number one new craft brewer in package to the supermarket channel in the United States. Not here in Cincinnati, not in Cincy, Kentucky, in the United States. Yeah. We only had stores in Cincinnati and, and Northern Kentucky. And, uh, and we're still number one. And we were number in one in, two in the country. No, we were number one in the country. country. In 2018, we were... But I mean, you were only in those yeah. two states and you no, were number one in number the country. country. Yeah. Damn. It's, it's the year of 50 West. I well, mean, no, no he, here's the thing. It, it's like... It just goes back to what I was saying before. We built a brand before we launched it. Most breweries, like one of the, I wouldn't call them a mistake, but like a lot of what, what a lot of breweries are doing now is they open, they get a, they they get their production up and going. Maybe it's too much. They start to can really really quickly, and then they throw it on the shelf, and nobody knows who they are yet, so they don't get a lot of pull. And what we did was basically the opposite of that. We grew really organically, really slow, grew distro, grew draft, grew our presence in town, threw cool events, like put experiential stuff on. So that the, the time when we finally got to cans, people knew who we were and what our beer tasted like. And then and like the brands that we released weren't like brands that we were guessing like, oh, mm-hmm. let's see if this works. Like 
we released brands that we knew people it's, liked from 50 West, and then they reached for it well, off the shelf. Yeah, punch. It's, it's punch also an advantage. Was an easy sell because yeah. you guys are older. You're in this this other club of you know. There's what 11 breweries in Cincinnati that I think are older than you guys right now. That's Did not, you say 11? There's 11? 11. There's yeah. no I mean, way. Wait, you're talking Sam Adams and Christian Moorline. Uh, so we're also talking Miller with that number oh. of breweries oh. in the Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati area. I still don't believe it. Yeah, Can we read them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we sign them, them, them from memory. Weedemann doesn't count. Oh, I'll start again. There. Um, no, no, it's, it's like, it's oh, like let me guess. Listerman? It's like Sa- Sam, Listerman, order. Miller, Rock Bottom, Sam Adams, Hofbrau, Mount Carmel, Listerman, Great Crescent, Rivertown. Great Crescent's uh, out of business, isn't it? No, Great Crescent's going. Okay. Oh, I mean, they're they're still one. open. Uh, well, they're, <laughs> out of yeah. line, they're out of distro. Cellar okay. Dweller, and then you guys. Wait, when, when's Cellar Dweller open? They were um, February of 2012. Oh, got it. Yeah, didn't know that. It was a tiny system at the time, but... Got it. Cool. Yeah. Wow. But, more, more than I thought. But, but that being said, you know, some of those are, are obviously kind of in a different category than, than what we're talking about. But you guys opened in, in this era where there were not a lot of breweries, especially a lot of breweries, this, this or the scale you guys were at the time. It's easier to grow slowly when you're not opening in a city of 60 breweries and trying to appease... Um, big money behind you and people breathing down your neck and right. saying, we need this, 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 and this. It just, the timing is perfect for what this place has become and I I'm, think will become. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you saw like market fit and timing at that time. Like we didn't even take advantage of it completely. You, you saw brands like Matry and, and Ryan guys like really run with that timing. You know, again, you know, if, if they, if we, they, we did it our own way, but like they, they, they ran out into distro right away. But if a mad tree said, opened today, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work you, you the same way. Couldn't you, do you, it. They couldn't grow the same way. You guys, if you open today, could not grow the same way. It's a, absolutely. It's, I talk so, to new brewers all the time where they're like, Oh, what should I do? And it's like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have a great idea on how to do it, but, but, but it's, it's, uh, it's way different than it looked like then. And it's funny how fast it's, it's, Changed. Like, you know, we'll probably look in five years, we'll look back at the places that are opening now and look at this one, this one, and this one and say, oh, they did it the right way. They grew the right way for that time. Not knowing now what that is, though. It's, um, it's totally. going to be interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it, <laughs> we, it, we, we have an idea. Yeah, it's it, it, appropriate. I mean, there's writing on the wall of like, like hey, well, this is what works and this is what doesn't. I mean, you see people closing all around. All but, around you. But I've heard a lot of people say this place is going to close, this place should close, this place shouldn't close, and we've all seen that be proven wrong. Right? I mean, it depends know. on who you're talking about. Absolutely. But like there, there's you know, I mean, Blank Slate's the easy example of places that close that, that everybody said would, wouldn't but, close or shouldn't close. Um, I know, but if you looked at that, like, uh, I mean, Scott's I, I, know, I, I know, I know. Or places that people say should close that are still just chugging along and. It, it's easy to be a zombie in this. I'm not naming names on that one. It's, it, let, I'll just say <laughs> you this. Never it, do, no. it's, you never it's, do, no. You never do. It's pretty easy to be a zombie <clears throat> because yes. the, the pub, if you, yes. if you, if you continue to right-size your business as you um, decline uh, and you, you just shrink down to just the pub, let's say, the pub, as long as you're running a restaurant and bar correctly, you can keep it going uh, because you like the margin on beer right. in your own space is huge and like... You can continue your your what's called own premise 
because on-premise and off-premise are a whole different thing. What's your own premise, if you're doing that right, you can always stay alive. So like that's always like number one too. Like that's another thing about like new brewers. Like when they come and ask me for advice and stuff, it's like, dude, make sure that your tap room crushes it because like that's step one. That's the heartbeat of the business. Do not try to distribute and without your tap room already crushing it. Unless you got a lot of money. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, but that's... You just want to lose that money. But I, I think... Uh, the, that I think hasn't proved to be a solution. If it you hasn't. Do, if you do have the money behind it, like, that's a good point. Put it into the taproom experience. Put it into something that people want to go to and, and experience. Like, don't... You, know, don't, you can, don't you can fix it. a lot of problems by throwing money at it. Yeah, arguably, I mean, but, but, but... No, like, I mean, long, like, you can fix term. a taproom experience by throwing money at the taproom and making it... A better yeah. experience. Yeah, but like long term, what happens? You know what I mean? Right. E- even if you have like unlimited money, eventually you're like, all right, I'm tired of losing it. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 brewery with the most money is the one that's losing market share every single year. It's you know the big ABs and the the Miller cores of the world. That's that's the unlimited money that is. I, I don't want to say failing, but I mean they're 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 failing at what they were doing, so. <laughs> They're not failing. They're just not as dominant. <laughs> right. I mean, they're failing in my I'm, mind. I'm, by the way, I'm pro. <laughs> but that's an argument. That I'm I'll pro give all about. beer. I'm pro all beer. Like, w- w- like beer as a category needs to grow for craft to grow. I'm I'm definitely pro all beer. I am not pro all beer companies. Is the way I think I would put it. I think there's a lot of things being done very have been being done very poorly. Um, for what beer is supposed to be. Sure. And, and maybe you disagree with some of the practices and stuff and, and like that's appropriate and maybe that's sure. that specific, you know, like base, but, but it's, um, uh, I, I think it's, it's important to know that like craft is only going to grow as the category grows. And it's really appropriate that these companies from like the 1800s, um, that have, you know, like these, these, this huge distribution and, and business network set up, um, and, and product, you know, production set up that they need to succeed for the category to succeed. Like, like, like it, it's, it's probably a hard question for like, or a hard topic for like right. real craft beer yeah. purists, but like I am diehard craft beer and like we can't continue to grow without the biggest guys mm-hmm. pushing through and, and creating more space for beer in general because like let, let's say a, like a new a new bar opens are they going to be like are they going to have taps or not like right now you could open like a super successful just spirits only bar mm-hmm. you know what I mean just I, I've not heard even of, serve beer I, I've heard and of it's a like, wine only bar that's going in down in OTR yeah and like I'm wine not like, only. I'm not like against fine. those things but, it's like a niche business yep. or whatever but like if if no, if beer is going to grow and we're going to get more places to serve our right. product and more more experiences and, that we can you know give to the customer, it has to grow as a as right. an occasion. Yes. And like the people with the biggest budgets and the biggest pockets and the most resources can like help lead that way. Yeah, a high tide raises all ships. Yeah, I'm that's, not. That's I'm not a, saying like I love that saying. Yeah, I'm not saying like we should all. That's be a run. very interesting conversation. I. I this is totally what I expect here, though. Honestly, it's kind of a high-level conversation yeah. about the industry. I was about to say, like, I think it, like that kind of thing. I don't know if we get into it here because it, 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 it can be it can be <laughs> like a whole other podcast. But like, I'd love to pull Bobby in for that one too because like Bobby has like a really interesting take on it, and uh, 
Yeah, like the more you get in the beer and see how it's distributed and how the networks work and like how the like all these pieces come together to really like get your beer out to the world, um, a lot of it has to do with like like how healthy the category is um, and, and who influences it. And and there's but those do, two companies really influence it a lot to the point. But where do like, you think if 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 as a as an industry or as a as a as a category, if we just slowly beat them to death, like not all at once, but slowly kill them, mm-hmm. that that's a different we'll, story. We'll than, pro- like like if it was just craft, we would probably own less occasions. Like beer would just fall. Like we would you have. Think, a smaller, you think it would be replaced by a wine and spirits? Yeah, we would have. Oh, a man, I mean, right we now we're lo- we're, I mean we're losing to tequila Sel- and Sel- the bourbon. Seltzer's part of beer, but like yeah. you you would be a, no, you would be a smaller. <laughs> Like the, the yeah the the par again another topic. <laughs> Wait, are you are you guys gonna plan it on doing the first seltzer in since? Oh. Yeah, too we're, soon, we're too gonna make soon. the first one. No, we're gonna do the last. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an even better answer. <laughs> that's awesome. For the for the record, we're probably not gonna do a seltzer. Um, if we did one like on tap, yeah, we did one last summer on tap. It was like a soda. It was. A, we did a hard seltzer. It was like a hard soda. It, it, I think that falls into the same category. Yeah, whatever. It was like pretty sweet. But um, it, it, I, I want to do functional beverage, but I, I'm not sure if I want to do as in like stuff with active ingredients. We're actually gonna, yeah. We have one coming out Monday. Yeah. So we're, we're coming out with a goza that uh, we use the enzyme to make it really low calorie. So basically like. We converted all the sugars to like super, um, you know, uh, 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 metabolized sugars for the for the yeast. The yeast shredded every bit of it, create like literally down to zero Play-Doh, made it bone dry, uh, and then we added electrolyte to the beer. And you, you uh, did a diet goza. It's called uh, <laughs> yes. watermelon quencher activated lo, ale. Lo, I love you. Low calorie, <laughs> low calorie beer that is like aimed towards our active lifestyle consumer. Um, so like we have a lot of that here at 50 West. We run volleyball yeah. leagues every right. every week. Every Tuesday we do a happy hour cycle ride. Um, we train people for marathons. And, and it's like that drinker drinks more consciously and they drink a little bit differently mm-hmm. um, from, from like the craft beer nerd, which we also serve. Um, and we just serve everybody in the middle too. But um, we wanted to make a product for them because we were providing all these experiences for them. So whether it was volleyball or running right. or cycling. And uh, this is the, our first stab at it. Uh, you might see bigger stuff from us in the future in this category, but but for now, uh, this is kind of our first our first stab at it. But it's still going to fall in line with the idea of beer. It's not going to kind of drift no. into those other categories. Yeah, it's be, it's, it's it'll, beer. It'll, it'll, it'll we're a brewery. We're, we're going to make beer. We're focused on making beer. There's there's a whole lot of roads we could go down there, but I know you guys. I know, I know, <laughs> I know what you're thinking about. But, but yeah. we're, 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 we as a company are at 50 West are focused on on making beer, um, and you guys are confident in beer as a long term um, uh, a long term. There's just so category. Much, there's just yeah. so much more like to be done in beer and to be yes. I I agree 100. percent As much as I I love spirits, um, as much as some of the other uh, spirits people around. I still beer is still my number one. There's just so always. much more to be done. Um, thank you guys again. There's a whole lot more we need to come back and uh, 
yeah. and, and talk like to you next guys. Week, um, <laughs> we didn't even we didn't even touch on Punch Out, which is coming up. Um, oh my God, the, Punch uh, Out! The the training July thirteenth this the year. The training is Excellent. underway. They're already. If you guys haven't been to Punch Out, anybody that's listening, you need to get there this year. It's an amazing. I event. It's say so it much every fun. year best so beer fun. event in Cincinnati, which best says beer a lot. event in the country. Well, I've never been to some of these other places. I don't leave Cincinnati very often. Just yeah. a, I will. Just a I'll I'll I will when I can take a road trip and go to fifty West Brew Pubs. But until then, I'm staying in Cincinnati as much as possible. Always, always, always awesome to come here and talk to you guys. I'm so glad I got to be here today. So thank you very much for your hospitality. Andy, thank thanks, you guys. Thanks for having us on the show. Uh, no, thanks for having I almost said you're really <laughs> yeah, it's his show, man. I'm just, no, I'm man. just here. Thanks man. also for having us on the show. Um, thank you guys. Everybody tune in next week for Sour Beer Panel Extravaganza. We will try to keep everybody from fighting. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.